Here we go. And it starts. The clock is going. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to another episode <laughs> of That L Word Podcast. Where we learn how to be different, how to be better, and how to lead with love. Oh, we should we should coin that one. We yeah, we might need to <laughs> make that a new intro or outro or whatever. Whatever they say in the biz. I don't know if I'm tired or I'm hungry. I don't You're a little know. slap happy today. I noticed that driving in. <laughs> I'm all over the damn place with my emotions. I'm tired. I don't and, uh I, I don't know why because I've literally slept more in the last three days than I probably slept my whole life. <laughs> I feel like we're in grade school and, you know, when you spend the night at your friends and yeah. stay up way too late and then just everything's funny. Yeah, that's, yeah, because you run it off them, uh, like, endorphins and adrenaline and, like, just, ah! it, I just, I kept waiting for, for one of our moms to yell, you kids go to bed! And you're like, okay! <laughs> and then you're like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody doing, I remember the, I remember those days. Those are good times, man. Good, really good times. So... We are back with another episode, and Morgan is back after a little bit of a trip. So we're going to talk about that today and kind of dig into Morgan's experience. Um, he rode his bicycle across America in a race that I think is kind of an underground thing. I've known about it for years, just being a cyclist, athlete, whatever, myself. But this race is called the Race Across America. And I will tell you a little bit about what I know just from studying it over the years. And, and I've actually known two people that did it um, solo. Yeah, they cray cray. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother level. Of that's crazy. that's like gnarly. What I, what I call it during the race, I said that's a that's a whole nother level of stupid. Yeah, because like <laughs> there's no way ever ever actually that I would do that. One of the stories I read about this, well, for, let me back up. So this race is a, a race, you ride your bicycle from, and you guys started in Oceanside. Oceanside, California. And finished in Annapolis, Maryland. Correct. Okay. <laughs> and we'll get into that in a minute, but just to, to touch on this, one of the guys that I was talking to on a bike ride in California many years ago, they figured out if you slept less, more than four hours a night or a day in a 24-hour period, if you were a solo rider, you wouldn't make the time hacks. It was like almost impossible to make the time hacks. So they're riding solo 18 to 20 hours mm -hmm. a day by themselves. That's true. And that is true statement, yeah. Like taping, there was a story of one guy taping, putting tape around his his helmet to his shoulders to keep his, keep head, his head up. up. Yeah, I forgot. What it's, there's, there's some type of like uh, condition that you get where you, the muscles in your neck and your, and your core Started to diminish over time, and I've seen all kinds of contraptions where you put your chin in it, or they'll, they'll you know, they'll rig something because you don't know what's going to happen. Right. All you can do is be as fit and as uh, prepared as possible, but when it starts to go, like it's going, and your neck will be like a bobble doll. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a great time. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> that 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 part of it. Luckily, with a team aspect, you don't have it's not it's not as extreme. Um, a solo is like you have to be a one. That's a different level of training. Mm -hmm. That's a, you have, and uh, I, I really believe like you got to be a little off in the head. Yo, for sure, for <laughs> to sure. Do, to do the solo one, uh, I don't know. It, it even seems like um, running across America would. If you look at people that have done both, I, you know, I've seen people do the solo, and I've seen people run across America too. Um, the runners look way better than the solo rider. Because you can't sleep as much. Right. Right? You know, so runners usually have like a, a certain plan, you know, certain many miles a day, and then they take a break. 
But the cyclists, like you're literally always riding. Well, the cyclists that are doing RAM, where there's like time and, and correct. You this is be different there from yeah, because yeah. I've also had some friends that have just packed up and ridden across America. But you know, over the course of a month or like what they call it, the, six weeks a, or what's that other one? Is the, the Trans American or? Um, oh yeah, yeah. It follows like, but it goes through the America, yeah. but it's like usually. Um, more of a scenic bike tour mm. for you, you, you know, you and whoever you're doing it with. Yeah. You stay at churches and right. stuff like that. I forgot. Not in it to win it. So Correct. you're all probably wondering, all right, Morgan, Jody, what what are you talking about? We don't talk about bicycle races and, and <laughs> endurance stuff on that L word, but there was a tremendous team aspect to what Morgan was doing. And as we were talking about this mm. and what we might, you know, discuss on the episode, that's really what kept bubbling up was the teamwork aspect because this isn't something you can just kind of slam together. And and Morgan has been planning and working and um, going out to to meet with the team. And you all had several events before the actual race started. So why don't you start there and the team building aspect of, of, uh, you know, the race. Well, um, I'll tell you the two people that brought me into the race, uh, very close friends of mine, especially even closer now, um, Rhonda Venture and uh, Monty Heath, and they wanted to do this ride to raise money for veteran and first responder suicide awareness prevention, right? And they brought on um, an organization called Guardian Revival to help us, you know, get dogs to veterans, uh, get them more psychological type help. And I was like, of course I mean, like, if it's to help my people, then I'm going to do it. And... This may I, I'm just gonna be to, to be totally honest. I've done a lot of ultra level stuff, right? Um, and this may be the most well organized machine that um, I've been a part of, right? Um, uh, the the CEO or the founder of Garden Revival was his name is Alex, and um, he he coordinated everything, and he's a He's a former Navy SEAL, uh, just like Monty is a former Navy SEAL, and Rhonda is. Uh, uh, she used to be the um, the CIO of Herbalife, and so a lot of very organized uh, people that are willing to to do things to better other people, and their organizational skills were through the roof. Like it was very well or- orchestrated, and we had we had a, a Zoom meeting every month. And we talked about the logistics, you know, it could have been fundraising. It could have been, okay, okay, we're going to be here this time. We need to have this type of equipment. Here's a checklist of this. What questions do you have so we can answer them? And they put together, we had, we had um, what would they call um, um, emergency action plans. Mm-hmm. We had doctors on there. We had chiropractors on there, um, fitness experts. We had a lot of different people that brought their expertise to it. And what was great about Rhonda and, and Monty bringing these people together, and Alex actually brought a couple people in as well, is that everybody had their place. Like it was like I, I, me and you talk a lot, um, and we've talked for years about this. How one of the skills that you, one of the things you love to do, is building teams, right? And I seen a team being built, put together, and you know, you never understand on the outside looking in, you never understand why. Like, what is this team going to be all about? What are, what are, what is, are they going to come together and do? And the first time we were together um, in person was a team training camp in El Cajon, California. And we, you know, they got a big house. All of us were there. We talking about like, you know, 20, 30 people. 
um, at this house, and you started to see, like, okay, everybody had their own piece of the puzzle, and you started to see it come together. And I, and I had never been in a place, not only where everybody was so good at what they did, like, because everybody was an expert at their craft. It could be a doctor, it could be a driver, it could be whatever, a mechanic, you know, um, Tennyson was one of our, it was our mechanic. And all these people came together, and not only were they good at what they did, they mesh well, right? And the, as you know, to find a team to, that is technically proficient is usually way easier than finding a team that can work emotionally and mentally well together. And not everybody doesn't have to be in charge. Everybody wants to be. <laughs> well, and that's no, that's a great point. And one of the questions I was just about to ask yeah. is, or a statement, and then you know, kind of followed by an open-ended question. There is to be a good leader, you also have to be a good follower. So, how did you find yourself shifting gears to be a good follower in in a team that you weren't leading? We talked about this a couple times. Uh, me and the team, the team members did, because and it was always brought up because like people would say like in a meeting, like we know we all like to be in charge. We we because in our own worlds, like we're literally. That the heavy lifters. That's right. Right. That's what we do, and that's what. But that's what makes us unique as well. But it was crazy how it wasn't crazy, but it was it was phenomenal in a, in, a, in a very good way. How you could see people just sit back and just let things happen, and you would hear it on the side. It was like, man, I, I wanted to say something, but I know that I that's not my lane right now, right? And I had friends tell me, uh, my other I had athletes that were racing with me as well. Uh, and they, they, you know, have one, uh, his name is Rye, and he's an executive chef, and he's over hundreds of people. And he's like, you know, I, you know, and it, I had to pull him back every now and then because he wanted to do. I was like, bro, you're here to ride. Like, this is not your, that's, you know. And he was like, okay, I got it. And he started to learn how to, like, just to, to relax. And my other athlete, Rob, um, he was out there, you know, and he's he's a developer. He's he's all he's in, he runs his company, and he was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do what they tell me to do. That's what I'm gonna do, right? And it, it was it was good to see that because not many people are willing to do that. Not many leaders they think they their egos get in the way, mm-hmm. and there was no ego there though. What do you think was the magic sauce that kept everybody's egos at bay for the betterment of the team? Purpose, right? It ain't about being in charge. It ain't about um, what you have or what you've done. It's about who you're trying to help, right? And we understood that. And every time you start thinking about it, you start thinking about it, why are you there? Even like for me, let me just, you know, there was some. There was a day where we got very little sleep, uh, maybe two hours, if that. Um, and so the whole, my whole crew was irritable. You know, lack of sleep, it, you put the, it's a, it, it it changes things dramatically. You're like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. Well, you can do it on eight hours of sleep, but can you do it on two? Consistently two or three, right? And so um, I found myself getting irritated by I, we, what, we, what we were doing is we were doing five-mile pools where one of us would get out and ride five miles, you know, dropping the hammer hard as we could, and then the next person, and we would just rotate in that, boom, 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 boom. Well, they kept cutting mine short. And I didn't like that because ego was there. My ego was in it, right? It was like, well, I need to, I need to do it just as much as everybody else, right? And but they were, they weren't doing it out of malice. They were doing it just like out of preservation because they saw the terrain. They wanted to make sure that I was fresh because we had, I think we were maybe day three in out of seven, 
And they were like, okay, let's pull them in. And I and I got irritated. And I I had to stop for a moment and realize it's like, what this is not about you. Right? And that's the thing about a team. It ain't about you. It's about us. It's about what we what the mission is. And it took me a while. I had to put on my music and I I really listened to music and I had to put some on because I had to clear my mind and realize in the moment that I wasn't being myself. I had to step back and say, be humble. Why are you here? What is your purpose? Your feelings that you have right now, how is it how is it meeting that need? And it wasn't. And so I made sure that when I when I when I came back to that happy place, my peaceful place, that the people that I was talking to, I let them know that I meant nothing by it and I'm tired. And I was able to express that and I didn't feel like it was going to be looked down on. You know how you, you're in a, you, I mean, in, in any, in, in a company or in a unit or, or some type of project, you, you feel like if you say that you're tired or you say that you're not, not well, you're scared to express that. I never felt that, never felt that way. And, and that made me feel at home and I have friendships that's going to last a lifetime from forward. That's the psychological safety we're always talking about. Right. Building an environment where people are are more inclined to express what they're really feeling for the betterment of the team. Yeah. What what created that psychological safety in that team for you to be able to say that? Those Zoom calls, because they one they facilitated our uh, building relationships. Right. So you got to see people, see their faces, interact with them. And then for me, what I always do is try to reach out to people who have conversations, sidebars. Uh, um, I met, you know, got to be Monty and Rob. We went to we had a camp, uh, early camp where only me and them were able to go. It was just three. It's the three of us in, in Steamboat. Is it Steamboat Springs, mm-hmm. Colorado? And we went up there. We rode bikes for three, three days. I think it was three, four days. And we just got to, to build a relationship with each other. And you start to listen to them. And it just, you couldn't have put together a better group of people, right? And, and, I, and I, I think that was a, a, I got lucky. It was a blessing. However, the universe aligned, however you want to, like, look at it. And these people were, everybody's like, everybody was in a place where we all, we, we, you know, in the beginning, you grind, 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 grind to get to where you want to be at a higher level. Right. And then sometimes you forget that you are a human being. And I think that all the people that I met had been through all that, but they were in a specific time in their life where growth was important. Right. Where all the things that we have accomplished, I'm retired Marine and do all this other stuff and endurance coach. And everybody was in a place in their life where they realized things and stuff didn't matter. And what was what was more crucial was the relationships that you have with self and those around you. And if that didn't align, then you're not happy. You've mentioned several things, and I wrote wrote these down. You talk about um, rest, right? Mm. How how much that factors into sleep is important, right? To to what you're doing, <laughs> and also relationship building. When it comes to rest, we talk a lot about building boundaries, self-care, so that you can be a better version of yourself. What did you learn during this where you were not well-rested and then still having to perform? How how long could you have kept doing that? For me, I mean, I think the tra- military training did help that, mm-hmm. right? Because um, 
I've always, every time I've done uh, endurance sports, when you, we've practiced sleep deprivation in military from day one boot camp. Like they, 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 you run on like one hour of sleep for like 72 hours or something like that. Something crazy. And, um, one of the, the biggest thing I realized is as you get older, you need more sleep. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not a spring, what they say, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like super old. I'm only 40, I, I turned 43 out there actually. Um, and, we need more sleep, and the reason is not—it's not always for your body; it's for your mind, right? It's for clarity because you don't—you don't think straight when you're when you're fatigued. Like um, people have to think for you. That's the—that's the reason you have the crew because of the, the demands on the body out there, and knowing that you're going to be fatigued and tired, they have to make decisions for you. But guess what? They sleepy too, because even when you sleep, they still doing something, right? That's the thing about support, right? It doesn't always mean you have time for yourself because you're in support of others. And sleep was very important day to day because you saw how valuable it was when they say, oh, you can have an extra 30 minutes. And you're like, yes, thank you. And it's like somebody just somebody just changed your life, right? And But it, when we had that, I think we had two hours of sleep one time or less than, and it was we were very irritable. But then later on, we were probably more tired but we got like two and a half or three and we were like, we were totally different people, but you didn't see any of these people, which, 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 what, which, what, which, um, surprised me trying to use the lack of sleep as a badge. That's an interesting point. You know what I mean? Like, cause these people are hard workers and all of them, all of them were focused on rest so they could perform at a higher level. And, we in society and in the corporate world, they think the more I do, the better I am. But it, what I've learned is like, I'm not even, a, even coming in here, to, we've been here where I'm tired and I'm off. Mm -hmm. I know I'm off. And I'll tell you like, bro, I don't know about this day because I am somewhere <laughs> else, right? I've learned that the sleep is what makes me proficient at what I do. And if I'm not able to recharge my batteries, then I can't give the world what I want them to receive from me. So. That's a great lesson, and that we talk about that all the time. Right, you know that that to be the best version of yourself, you've got to rest, and it's it's hard. I find with clients, it's hard for them to to make that mental shift because to them it's counterintuitive. Well, no, I do more to be better, but if you're not rested, you're not going to be able to perform. And, and what I was kind of pulling on was you did that for seven days, nine hours, and eight hours and fifty five minutes. Okay. Yeah. You did it for that long, but could you have done that for years? No. I, I mean, the one book that I remember, Essentialism, mm -hmm. it, it talks about that guy that, that would work his butt off and was very successful, but he got so, his body was so beat up by not taking the rest that he needed. Like, he literally had to, it was, it was life or death. He had to stop his job. He had to stop his business. Well, you know, he didn't close it down, but he had to stop doing it. Or he could have had a heart attack or had some something like we don't understand the physiological effects of the, what the lack of sleep does to us. Right. You're not able to fight off disease. You're not able to fight off sickness. You don't rebuild your mind, your body like you can't do these things if your body doesn't have adequate. You can't. Nothing can run 24 seven. Nothing. It had even dams. And oh, it's been on for. Yeah. But they, they have a period where they have to shut it down and do maintenance. Mm hmm. No matter what you do in life, you have to turn it off. You have to turn off the switch, and so your body can rebuild itself. And if you when when you, when you don't, I mean, I think what's that? David Goggins. 
in his books, he talks about he talks about this exact same thing where he thought he was just hardcore, and one day his body said, "You know what? I'm done," and he didn't have it anymore. And it took him years to get back where he could have, be at the physical. And, he, and then he said, when he came back, stretching and resting and recovering, he came back stronger than he was before. He said, "Man, why not learn how to do this earlier?" Because we had a mentality is that more was better, efficiency is better. That's right. Right. So a takeaway tip for everybody is to get sleep, right? It's it's way more important than you than you think. And I just wrote down sleep hygiene. I what? got one. I got one for you. Hold on. Okay. Lack of movement rests the body. Right? Sleep rests the mind. Okay. I learned that. That's a great takeaway yeah, tip. Yeah. Look up sleep hygiene, everybody. It's it's extremely important. It's something that we used to talk about all the time when I was in the military. But there's a lot of articles out there about sleep hygiene, which is, you know, getting the appropriate amount of sleep, the type of sleep you get, all the all the things. There's a lot of information out there on it, but cannot stress enough that sleep is absolutely important. And I think that what you went through kind of helps to, to uh, shine a light on that. I know a big one I work with clients is like, you know, especially the ones that are that are higher pace. Um, naps. Power nap, man. Naps. And they're like, I don't have time. I say, I don't need you to take a nap every day. I need you to take a nap when you can take a nap. So if it's 15 minutes once a week, once a month, that's more sleep than you were getting before. And I've literally had clients, athletic and professional clients, say, that nap changed my life. And now you hear them, they come back to you and say, yeah, I'm taking a nap today. Now they're telling me what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear that. I want to hear about, I'd rather, you you know, the, the problem is we make time for, well, you give people time off, you give people recovery time, they go fill it with something else. When the time is to actually rebuild yourself and rebuild your mind. And so if you have time, this is the big one. This is, oh, matter of fact, that just came to my mind. Where you, you have this vacation, but you don't shut off. You don't turn it off, right? You either on your cell phone, and and I am a victim of this. Before, in this case, somebody like my wife is listening. Uh, <laughs> I am a victim of this, right? But I also am mindful of it now more than I used to be, and just turning it off. And what I learned is like when you go, you're like, oh, I'm going. You get in this rut, and you're like, I'm going, 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 going. You're like, I'm not tired. I'm not tired. No, because you ain't shut off. But the moment I, like, detach and stop moving, <sighs> like, I'm literally, like, my body was like, oh, we're not doing nothing? Let's do what we should have done two weeks ago, and let's shut down. So that, that's what you see people do. They feel like, oh, I'm getting lazy. I'm getting tired. No, your body is telling you something. And if I could tell anybody, anybody or everybody that's listening to today is, if you're if you start to if you're falling asleep and you know you're you're tired or you're feeling exhausted, listen to your body. Most of the time, we're listening to the outside world. We're not listening to what our body is trying to tell us needs and it must have. How did that come into play during your ride? Because you're not in, in a situation like that. Mm. You have to you know you have to stay stay engaged. Try to like I, what what I start doing like the first couple of days I'm so amped up like your energy is anxiety and and it's so high like and everybody's pumping 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 pumping, and the first couple of days like I could have took naps in between my 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 bike ride my pools and I wasn't I was like I wanted to see everything I was like kid like I won't go to sleep so I'm gonna miss something right and then uh, by the, by day four or five I was like okay 
you got to at least take a nap. You got to do something. Like, just close your eyes for a moment. And they got some pictures of me, like, knocked out with my mouth wide open. <laughs> you know. Catching flies. Catching flies. And, but, like, when I woke up, I was happier. I felt better. And it was, like, because, like, when you, what would they call it? Um, it was a circadian rhythm, right? And so as that changes, because, I, I, one, I'm, I live on the East Coast. Two, we started in Oceanside, California, three hours behind. So I'm already off. You know what I mean? And then we're driving across America, and the time changes are happening every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. And so you and you wake up based off the local time, not a certain clock, right? We started getting close to the East Coast, then we stayed on East Coast. But that messes you up. And so when you have these little power naps, when I had these little power naps, that helped me. And I remember even in, in uh, at work when, back in the day, even if I had, like, instead of going – to PT or work out or something or go to lunch, I would like I would take like a five or fifteen minute nap on my couch or in, in my in my office. Close the door. It's like I ain't here, and I would wake up and I would feel more energized and ready to be more productive. The power of the power nap. Yep. <laughs> so that was good though. It, it was good times, man. Um, I don't know if people. Really understand like how like we call us we call it sleep budgeting, sleep sleep timing, and sleep management. Um, when it becomes a priority, then you will make time for it, or your body will just shut you down. Yeah, it, it's sure. it's you like get getting a, the body's tired. Like yeah, the body's <laughs> gonna Chuck Liddell you and and just knock you out. Um, what was the most beautiful place you saw? Place. Like, what was the most beautiful moment that you remember looking out thinking, wow, this is awesome? I was riding. I was, where were we at? What's that? Let me see. I think it was Utah. I think we were in Utah. It was nighttime. And um, I started thinking about my grandmother, which makes me very, very emotional. Probably fatigue was kicking in. Um, we are in Utah, and it was about 3 a.m. in the morning, and I'm out here on the, on the road alone riding my bike and the sun was coming up right and you can and it wasn't like rising but you can see like there's where the sun is going to pop up at right um and i thought about it, i was like i get to do this it could be so much and it made me think about why i was doing it it made me think about like the people that didn't have resources like this to like let out that energy to 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 have somebody there for them, for them to know, and they're taking their own lives. And I, it made me, and I told myself, just appreciate why you're here. Uh, and it was funny, uh, one of the, name is Ira, he's a chiropractor out of California, awesome individual. Um, like, he was like a father to all of us, right? Very intelligent. His son was out there with him, which was also Aaron, is also a chiropractor, and they were both with us. But Ira was like, you're riding. Like, en- like enjoy what you see. Like, look around. And it, it was crazy because most of us never do that because we we're always so laser focused on one thing. And he said, just look, when we were descending out of the Rockies. It was beautiful. I was like, what, what am I doing? Like, why am I? It, 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 in a good way, like, what am I? Look at this. It was cold as hell up there because it was like 10,000 feet. <laughs> but like, you you look around and you like, there's so much I've never seen before. And you just think about like this this adventure that you're on, and you you realize that you can't take life for granted. You can't take it for granted at all. 
and it was just so beautiful to see. You see the cows, and we seen a whole lot of corn. Yeah, a whole lot of damn corn, especially in the Midwest. <laughs> like, if I never see corn again, it won't be too soon, right? And we had jokes about it, but every I, I would say those are the most beautiful moments. But the whole trip was beautiful, other than Kansas. What was it about Kansas? We got, let's let's get into it. Nothing was about Kansas. That's the problem. It was like the worst. Uh, Kansas, I'm I'm sorry, but like you talking. About, it's, it's, the reason why it's so windy in Kansas because there's nothing in Kansas. It's just flat. It's just it, like flat-ish. Flat-ish. Yeah. Right? It looked flat, but it, what we call it cycle of false flats. Yeah. Like, it looked like it's flat, but you're like, man, this flat, I feel like I'm, it, it, you know, not only do you have the wind blowing, but you're just like, ah, oh, my legs, this this is, a, I'm going uphill. I know I'm going uphill. And you look at your thing, and you're like 1% or 2% of grade, but you look in front of you, and it, it is so it's so straight, you can't see the elevation change. You know what I mean? And it was just, I, mean, I made a post on social media. It was like, this is the worst place ever. Like, it was it was just, and it was all day. It's so long, too. So you're riding through this. It's just like, um, it's like riding a trainer in an all-white room. Riding a bike trainer in an all-white room and looking at the wall the whole time. <laughs> like that sounds awful. It was so awful. I was so ready to get like, we got out of Kansas. You knew it because it literally it was night and day. You went into it, it went flat. You got out of it, it changed. It started being more scenic. It, like, there's nothing but but fields. There's literally nothing but fields from the moment we entered Kansas that morning to the 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 time off the bike. Thirteen hours later that day, it was just a lot of nothing. So going back to that moment in Utah, right, what takeaway tip would you give to somebody, you say in corporate America or in a leadership position, for taking a moment to, like, see the beauty in something? Look at how far you've come. That That is, I think we lack that ability sometimes. We we get excited in the moment, but we, and or we don't, sometimes we don't appreciate the moment enough. That's a big one. Like, you don't appreciate the the. Um, what they call the gravity of the situation, right? And we take it for granted. And we don't think that, we don't appreciate it because we don't think that we either deserve it or we think we need to get a little bit higher. And that's, we look at it more, 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 better, 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 faster, 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 stronger, 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 when we should be looking like how far we've come. And look, like, I'm riding across America to help others. I'm on my bike with a, with an amazing group of people, and I get to do this. When you're in your, even in a corporate setting, like just step back and think about how far you've come. Like what you've, what has created the resilience, the perseverance, the grit, the joy or happiness to bring you to that moment. Like you had to get there. There was a journey. There was a story. There was an epic adventure to get you right where you are, and that journey and that story. It's, has made you who you are. And sometimes we forget that. And when you forget that, you you stop appreciating the work that you've put in. You stop appreciating yourself, and you stop appreciating the people that help you get there. And you can't do it. And so, like, I'll say this right now. Like, everybody that's helped me to this point in my life, thank you. Like, I appreciate you. I, Rhonda and DeMonte and Alex and Jen and all the, everybody, everybody else on the team that have given me a piece of their lives. To, and show me that I, you know, I'm on the. I feel like I'm on the right track, and, and that made it makes me very happy. 
one of my favorite quotes out of um, one of General McChrystal's books, and I, I forget which one, if it was Team of Teams or, or one of the others, but never get treed by a chihuahua. What the? Have you heard this? <laughs> no. Never get treed. So I wore this shirt today <laughs> in honor of Morgan. And for those of you that can't see it and are just listening, it's a it's a luchador, a, a Mexican wrestler on a tricycle being chased by a chihuahua. chihuahua. And I love this shirt. I don't even know where I got we it or, actually, or whatever. We, we had some instances like that where we on the bikes and we, we I think we were, were we in West? No, we weren't in West Virginia yet. We could have been like in Indiana or something. And we had dogs chasing Get, us. Getting chased by dogs. So, but to that point, you know, in his, it, that quote, don't get treated by a chihuahua means don't, don't get, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, man, like don't get, well, don't get treated by a chihuahua. Like don't get uh, stuck mm-hmm. in a problem and make it bigger than it is. The chihuahua. The chihuahua is the little problem, <laughs> but you're up in a tree over a chihuahua. So throughout this experience, were there any chihuahuas that treed you? And how did you get yourself out of that tree? I was worried about sleep a lot, um, especially as I started to get more tired. And what I always tell myself when, especially, you know, when I have like combat I look back at like combat deployments or things like that and understand why I was doing this in all, at all is that there, there are people that are not able to be here. Is it worth it? Right. Is it worth it? Like is what you think is the Chihuahua. Is it really worth that? And most of the time the Chihuahua has a lot of bark, but no bite. Right. And, so you have to realize and evaluate the situation for what it is and come have a, a you know, for not religious and not religious people, come to Jesus moment, as I would call it, and look within yourself is like, is this worth it? Like, is this problem worth you put all this effort into? Because can you change the situation? Yes. You can't change the, the act of, like, me missing sleep or whatever the problem is. But I can change how I think about it, how I feel about it, how I react to it. And so I started to tell myself, stop worrying about sleep and do things to make your evening more efficient so you can get more sleep. So you took control of it. I took control. How does that factor into day-to-day life? (laughs) We think that we can control the outside, the exterior of everything, but we can only control us, the interior, the um, internal piece of our minds and our bodies and our actions. And when we are trying to force things to happen, know that you can't be in reality, but how you react to something, how you feel about something, you have more control over that. So the uh, perception or how you perceive something to be has a lot of power. If you think it's hard, it's going to be hard. People like, Oh, that's so hard. Like riding across America wasn't hard. It wasn't hard. It was challenging and it was an adventure, but it wasn't hard. Because I never told myself it was it was hard. This is going to be hard. It's going to be hard. But I didn't know. I've never done it before. I ride bikes all the time, though. And what are people used to ask me? What did you? How was it? I rode bikes. And I and I and I remember saying that ever since like we started. Like, how is it going? I'm riding the bike. And people are like, yeah, I know that. But like, that's what I was telling myself. Like, it ain't hard because I'm riding a bike and I do this anyway. I can add up the time on a bike and I ride just as much. I'm just putting it in seven days instead of seven months. 
Yes. Right. right. You know what I mean? And so the story I was I allowed myself to 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 hear or to tell myself is like, Morgan, you just riding bikes. Right? It could be a lot worse. It could be probably could be better. But right now, just ride the bike. Just ride the bike. Just ride the bike, man. So I asked you what the most beautiful thing you saw mm. was. What was your favorite moment throughout this adventure? Oh, man. Um, so I had a rider with me, and she wasn't my athlete, but I feel she is now. Uh, we, she basically, we had, we had this big old uh, sprinter van where we, you know, the bikes on the back and the riders in the front. And she sat next to me. Her name is Doreen. Right. And um, Doreen is in a point in her life where she has a, she's having a whole lot of beautiful growth and it don't feel good all the time. But if you look at it, you're like, man, like you've come so far. She got five kids, single parent. Right. And um, she is a beast. Like, I mean, when I say strong, strong, she's strong, strong. Right. And she's a you know, personal trainer, physical fitness instructor. She she wins gravel races. She likes she loves riding her bike, a, a mountain bike and gravel bike. She loves riding those two things. And she was there for a lot of growth. I don't even I don't even I don't even think she knew she was getting all that. But like one there was one time where we had this. Oh, man, I can't remember what city was it Indiana. It was. No, it wasn't. It was. <sighs> Maryland. We're in Maryland and Maryland has hills, y'all, a whole bunch. And I didn't know they had it was so it was so crazy. It was so much climbing in Maryland. I, we we were worried about West Virginia. Maryland was a whole nother world. And we got up to a climbing, like she gets a little some nerves when she descends, because descending ain't no joke. Mm -hmm. Right? And when some of this stuff was like the one she was on that that time was it's like three two, three miles long, just going downhill. And it was like eight, eight to 10% grade. So, you know, you, fly, you know, as a cyclist, you yeah. flying. And, um, people are like, oh, but you're going downhill, but going downhill for like 15 minutes is hard. Right. Cause you're holding on, right. You get the brakes. You got to worry about other factors that are going on. Like you, you, you're not in a car. And so she stayed out there. And then when she had a climb coming out there, that was the first time she's like, man, I, I felt good about that. And you could feel her her confidence rise. But then we were about to end, and we had this last climb to do. And I, and I was supposed to go out next and to kind of bring us in for the day and to, to change over to the next the, the, the next rider. And uh, she had this moment. She was like, you let me know when I should come in. I said, I'm going to get my stuff ready. I'm going to come out there, but I'm going to ask you, do you want to keep going? And she came around the corner after this, like, one mile 15%, some crazy climb. Um, and it was like one of the, literally the book in, in Rams, they said this is one of the most challenging climbs on the whole 3,000 miles. Mm -hmm. And she she came around the corner. I said, what you going to do? She said, I'm going to keep going. I said, if you keep going, you're going to take us all the way in. And that was a little bit longer than probably that she thought she was going to stay out there. But she went out there and she said, nope, I got it. And she, she went in, she climbed that hill, she finished us off, and she got off the bike tears and you saw you saw that happiness and growth in her and you saw everybody there hugging her and because we all knew how special that was for her right um you know lane ira rachel everybody was just like just so much gratitude for her growth not for theirs for hers 
and just to sit back and watch. There's a picture of me actually um, that I might post today or tomorrow um, of her hugging, I think Rachel and our navigator, and I'm just standing there watching. And I'm literally, I literally have these so many emotions going through, and just watching her. I said, "You did that." She said, "Yes, I did." And it's like it's like even now, now it was so beautiful. Like there's no scenery, there's no nothing on the course that was as beautiful as that moment. To see the growth in a person that you know is hungry for it and it welcomes it, can't get any better than that, man. And how does that translate like into the workplace? We sometimes we we don't we don't look at the obvious. We it, it has to look a certain way. It should look like tough and and it we should lack sleep and it should be hard and and we 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 beat our chest when things are difficult. But we don't look at the beauty of somebody's the, the change in yourself or somebody else's. We all are dealing with daily day challenges and it might not be a workplace challenge, but it may be something that they've overcome in their lives because you know a lot of things that we learn like that that growth moment for Doreen is going to be it's going to transcend riding right she's going to have confidence in other places of her life but so when you see and I know I've seen it when I've seen my you know people that work with me beside me or or, or for me when you see them accomplish something that they didn't think possible and then you see them rock it this is why we do it this mm. is why we lead people it's about leading people. It's not about our own personal growth. It's getting into the positions where you can affect others and help them change their lives for the better. That's what growth is all about. That's what leadership is all about. And I think that we need to pay more attention to those around us so to stop looking for things that don't give us anything back. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's yeah, that's I kinda, great. I kind of amped up on that one. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so we're going to start kind of wrapping it up here. The you know the obvious final question is, what was the biggest takeaway? What was the biggest lesson you learned during this experience? My happiness is important. Um, I had a, a we talked about. It. I'm not going to get into it on there because it's going to take longer than. But I had a near death experience out there, and it was on my. I think it was either before or on my birthday, and we had just had Father's Day, so there, you got two major events. Father's Day and my birthday, I'm out here on this road and I almost died. Almost died. And I'm like, what what am I doing? Why am I here? And it made me appreciate the time with my loved ones. And I've struggled with that because I've been so mission focused most of my life because of how the Marine Corps indoctrinates us, right? And I've put my family on a back burner a whole lot. And we had to talk this morning as we were driving in. It's like how I'm like, I don't know. It's made me think about a lot of things. Like, am I really happy? Is retirement really retirement? And how should this look? Um, am I happy? Am I con uh, content? And um, I don't know yet. I don't know it. But it has sparked the question of why do I do what I do? And am I bringing the value that I want to bring to my life? And my family's life. And I, I know I bring value to people and I help a lot of people. But I say it to them all the time. Like, put your mask on before you put on somebody else's. And I don't think my mask is on all the way. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's powerful, man. <laughs> well, all right, everybody. That's going to do it for another episode of That L Word. And I would like to thank our very special guest ah. today, uh, Morgan Lattimore. You might have heard of him. Um <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that experience. There's a, so many like great leadership and teamwork nuggets in everything you did. And then just general, like how that transcends, you know, into life and, and, uh, and the workplace and all that stuff. So many great lessons there. Yeah. I want to first thank you for helping me unpack it. Um, people, people have been asking us like, how was it? How was it? And I, I this is the first time I've actually discussed it. Cause I, like it took me a while to think about it. Cause when we finished, it was, you know how you finish something big and you like, what? Or, or now what? <laughs> yeah. Or now what? Like, uh, you know, I had all this free time. I'm not riding my bike every five minutes anymore. And I'm like, okay, what did I just do? And so for, to have this, I know that we, 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 we made this about leadership and in, in the workplace and things like that, but being able to unpack it personally meant a lot to me. And for, you know, us being able to talk about it on, on L, that L word is, is, is it, extraordinarily um, a great thing. It's a great thing. And uh, thank you. Yeah, man, it was my pleasure. I, yeah. You know, uh, uh, Ram groupie, I guess, since I was like 11. Uh, so Still it's, ain't too it's, late. I know, man. <laughs> it's only riding the bike. That's what it is. When things look tough, look at the simplest form of what you're doing and just think about that and just do that. And the people around you. That's it. Doing it with you. Doing it with you. The right people are always will make anything hard easier. That's the military in a nutshell. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually what you're doing sucks, but the it people around sucks. you are great. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, hey, um, you know, review. Please give us reviews. I think I put out a post a couple weeks ago. We're trying to get uh, 60 reviews. Yes. So that it bumps us up on Apple and the I algorithm yeah. stuff for Jigger or Jig. Just do what we say. That's the key. Just do what he's telling you to do. Don't think about the details behind it because it's, it's sometimes it's mind-numbing, but it's what we need to get that message out to more people, to help more people, to change more lives. And, you know, the, the value that you receive from it, think of what we can do by helping your friend or the person to the left or the right of you. Yeah, algorithms. It's it's science. It is. Just just uh, give us the stars. Maybe write a review. That's awesome. As always, we love to hear from you. If you have any recommendations on topics or, or scenarios or any of that kind of stuff, please send it to us. You know, through social, through email, text, whatever. We appreciate you. Have a good day. See Thanks ya. for hanging out, everybody. Bye. That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation?